This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello and welcome to the Simple Politics Podcast. It's half term week this week, so things have been a little quiet, but probably not so much for... Tatton and Diane, who are here with me. How are you guys this week? Oh, great. Yes. I'm currently hiding in my house from my <laughs> children who are downstairs while I record the podcast. <laughs> 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 all normal. All great. <laughs> you love a good hide, don't you? I do. I do, actually. You're not like, it's just, it's just like one of your hobbies. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Makes me feel more important, like I'm up here doing like secrets, like news bulletins or something. Like, do you know what? It wouldn't be it wouldn't be that expensive to buy like a keypad or something to get in there, or like get like a like a like something you had to touch on top. I mean, probably an eye scanner, which would be the coolest. Yeah. It, that would set you back too much for the for the fun of it. Mm. But you know, just some some high security stuff. Definitely um, would, would 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 improve everyone's life. I think. Okay, well, we veered into espionage a bit earlier than I was expecting this podcast. <laughs> but even though uh, Parliament is in recess this week, there's still lots to talk about. So let's get on with it. First of all, we take a look at the top posts of the week. Tatton, what was our third most popular post of the week? Well, uh, in at three is a bit controversial because we think it's going to be in at three, but it's not in at three yet. But we're going to say it's in at three because uh, an hour before we launched this, we launched the recording of this podcast. We got the data that said uh, we're in recession. We have been in recession for a few months now. It's only confirmed today. And it's like a re really mini recession, mm. like 0.3. Like the last, I think, five recessions we've had have been the economy shrinking by more than 1%. And now it's like 0.3%. And it fell by 0.1% from July to September. So yeah, I mean, we are in recession, but it's a little recession. And, you know, maybe things are already better. We are, you know, in the middle of February now. It's possible that things are already on the up. And if you if you listen to Jeremy Hunt, who's you know the Chancellor in charge of the money, he says, Oh, things are going so well. We've turned the corner. Well, I think I think we can all congratulate us on how well we're doing. Um, because he's saying things are going better now. And Rachel Reeves, who's Labour's money person, she disagrees with him. She says that their economic plan is in tatters. And uh, which is also a nickname that people used to give me. So I don't like it being used with negative connotations. Rachel, take a note. It's, you know, obviously Labour are going to say it's terrible. And, and, you know, being in recession is bad. Now, I'm going to hand over to Diane because Diane is uh, used to be like finance guru. Um, like if it's about money, she knows it. And uh, Diane, tell us more. 
Well, this it wasn't unexpected, the fact that we've dipped into recession in 2023. Jeremy Hunt even mentioned it in the last budget. Okay, so it was kind of known that this would happen. And it's because inflation has been really high and cost of living pressures. So there's lots of reasons behind this. And if I was Jeremy Hunt, and he's been talking a lot this morning, he will be saying things like, this is not just the UK. This is globally felt. Okay, you've got some other big economies who are also struggling. Germany and Japan's gone into recession. You've got some other things happen that say the UK isn't an outlier here. It's big, it's global, and we're going to get through it. And we've got a plan and we're bringing inflation down, which has been happening. And he'd say we're going to we're going to get through all this. But Contrary to that, the Conservatives, and especially Rishi Sunak, because he was Chancellor, has been all about economic competence and all about his whole thing is around that. And he said he would grow the economy. Okay, And yes, this isn't a big recession. It's not going to feel like 20 years ago or anything like that. But he's definitely not growing the economy. Yeah. yeah, like there's no way he can spin it. He's growing the economy. Like that, that's a really tough one because it was on his five pledges, wasn't it? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. To grow the economy, and he and he and he ain't he ain't done it. No. Yeah, it's it's really it's really difficult. But but I think one real positive here is that unemployment is still low. Mm. Yes, like people are working, and one of the reasons I, the, that we've come gone into this recession is because. There are fewer people who want to be working since the pandemic or can't work or more people who can't work. So there's more people who are long-term sick. There's more people who are looking for employment and they don't count in the unemployment figures. You're only unemployed if you're looking for work. So, you know, if you you become a stay-at-home mum for a couple of years while the kids are little uh, or stay-at-home dad, you, um, you don't count towards the unemployment figures. But... We still have almost full employment, which which means that the recession is likely to be brief, because if people are working, then then the economy does much better than if they're not working. Mm. So as long as we've got employment, there is hope. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes, whether it is brief and little uh, in future episodes, I'm sure. Uh, Diane, what was our second most popular post of the week? Okay, so strikes are still going to be a thing in 2024. I don't know, Charlotte, I can't remember how many years you've been doing strike calendars now. It feels like years. It is, isn't it? It's like probably... (laughs) It's been a year. At least one. We started last year. (laughs) There's there's going to be more of them. Um, Because we heard this week that junior doctors are going to strike for four days at the end of this month. So that's coming up. They're going to strike on the 24th of Feb. So they've still not got any settlement to what they want, which has always been quite, quite, it felt like quite a big ask for junior doctors. I'm just going to like say that one whenever we say it was like, you know, a 35% pay rise. But when you read into it and the layers of it, it's because, you know, we say junior doctors, it covers everything up to consultant level. 
You know, that's what people forget a lot of the time. And there's stuff in there about pay restoration. There's life and death decisions that they're making, yet they're on, you know, 15 pounds an hour, some of them, you know. So this is, it's a complex thing. Junior doctors, still not resolved. Two other things of note, really, I'll be really brief on this. Aslef, the train drivers, uh, reballoted, and they're going to go for another six months of strike action. That was yesterday. And oh, goodness. consultants rejected their pay offer as well. Did they really? 51% by 51%. Oh. So close. So the strike calendar is still alive and well in there. You see, you see I, was, um, when I was in hospital in June 2022. Mm. And um, there was a train strike and it was the first train strike in forever because uh, the telly's on in the corner and um but yeah you know, I, I could yeah wasn't doing anything else I was watching the telly and um and they just kept on having kind of poor students kind of saying I can't get to school because of the train and then they go to like a, a little old lady who said oh, I can't get my shopping in because of the train and um and it was clear that they, they were going to these people much more than they were the public no, the train, the train drivers. The drivers, right? Ah, they right. they yeah. were asking, they were asking the people affected, and not really speaking to the unions mm. at all. And I watched a lot of news that day because it was on the telly a lot, and I never really saw them speak to the unions. So, so we've had this kind of cross perspective on strikes now for what I mean, eighteen months ago was when I was was when I was poorly. So. It's been rumbling on and, you know, health, these health strikes, they're brutal, man. I mean, I get, I get why, why you need to do it, but it's brutal. Canceling, canceling appointments when the waiting lists are as long as they are, you've waited two years and your appointment's canceled. That's, that's hard. And, you know, the, the BMA, you know, say that, without the pay they were asking for, without the change conditions they're asking for, it is more dangerous. There'll be more appointments cancelled going forward. We have to do this now or like it's better to do it now up front and then get get it done and everyone's safer and there's more operations. But it's in the meantime it's hard. Yeah. And I'm sure it's a theme that's gonna come up again and again in the podcast. So we will keep you updated on that. But finally, Tatten, on a completely different subject, what was our most popular post of the week? Well, on a completely different subject, our most popular post of the week was strike action. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got, we got double strikes uh, this week, but not a group who have been striking much before. We had 3,000 drivers from Uber Eats, Just Eat, Deliveroo, and... Stuart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> me, Di- me, neither. This post. me neither. I, no. I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> um, so Stuart was on strike. Um, <laughs> I, but it was Valentine's Day. And they ask, you know, they were always ask why strikes happen when things are at their busiest. Don't strike on FA Cup final day mm. or don't strike, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But those are the days that make the biggest impact. So if you're if you're one of these delivery people f- striking on Valentine's Day 
might get more notice because people, you know, they want their single red rose delivered, their box of milk tray delivered like it was a milk. That That's a reference that people aren't going to get, so I'm going to leave it there. But this post also did well because um, because Diane wrote, if you're planning a smooch and a takeaway this Valentine's, <laughs> and if we can get the word smooch into a post, we always do, and people always love it. Just like just like we always say off of, if we can, and people always hate that, and we, we enjoy that as a team. <laughs> smooch is definitely a Team SP word. Um, and so it start, the post started off by talking about smooching and takeaways and that people love that. And then it was talking about like Uber Eats and people who get engaged with that because we see these people around all the time. Mm. And, then, and then the final line about the grassroots action is over pay and working conditions. I assume most people didn't read that. Mm. I assume they just got <laughs> yeah. as far as the interesting <laughs> bit. Well, yeah, okay. Of course it's over pay. Great post, Diane. I loved it. I didn't try to get a takeaway on Valentine's Day, but I did get, I, did, I got an M&S meal deal is what I did Ooh. on Valentine's Day. Uh, and jolly tasty it was too. Brilliant. Uh, we are not sponsored by M&S. Other supermarkets are available. Let's move on to the mailbag. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. It is our favorite part of the podcast and uh, we're going to Keep a time limit on Tatten and Diane what? and Diane, uh, which mm. I will yes. be enforcing. <laughs> okay. Equality of time limits are very important yes. around here. Uh, I'm going to give you 90 seconds max. Okay. That's loads. That's perfect. That's like, that's like a really long time. Say that's loads, <laughs> Tatten. I've Sorry, never I spoken, I just, spent I just 90 seconds at answering Tatten an and you're not, you don't know where you are on my screen. Anyway, right. Before sending into further chaos. First up, we have a voice note from Anwen. Hiya. So as you've said before, um, the Green Party are targeting four constituencies in the next general election, um, including my home constituency of North Herefordshire. And I was wondering how likely it is that you think that they'll win any of these seats, especially given the fact that Caroline Lucas isn't going to be standing in Brighton. Thanks. He wants to take that. It's a really interesting question. Thank you very much, Anwen. Um... I think they're quite likely to win a seat or two. I think that the, the, here's, here's why. I think that they're very focused and targeted. I think that people will travel across the country because a lot of Green Party people are very committed. They will travel across the country to campaign. I think that in your constituency and, and in the other three, you will really feel the force of the Green Party. I mean, we had um, we had a green we had a, a green a chance of a green councillor here in my ward in Whitstable and suddenly like every single door seemed to have great vote green signs outside like they really put that effort in and it made a big difference and i think that they're also going to be so when um when you get to election time the media the broadcast media have to give equal time to each party 
Mm. So you will see a lot more coverage of the Green Party on the telly than you do at the, at the moment. You see none, mm. right? There might be a Green somebody on Question Time, but that's pretty much it. Mm. You're going to see a lot more of the Greens. And with Labour drifting to the centre of politics, that gives the Green Party a lot more space on the left. With Labour giving up their £28 billion, that gives the Green Party a lot more space to say, we're the ones, we're the ones with green policies, vote for us. I think they've got a real chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I don't know the constituencies well enough to comment on them individually, but the only thing I would say is they will absolutely, they will feel the loss of Caroline Lucas. They're bound to because she's been such a stalwart. She's been a lone voice in the Commons, you know, and she's got the parliamentary experience. And to lose that, I think, will be tricky. Okay, go Tata. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. First of all, because you've got members of the Green Party, members of the House of Lords, so you've got that parliamentary presence. And I don't think Caroline Lucas feels very green. I think she feels quite corporate. Maybe that's why she was so successful in as an MEP and as an MP. And she got elected in places because she feels quite like an MP. I mean, she's a different generation, but not generation, but she's older than the, the current co-leaders of the Green Party. I think that she's less zany than some of the members of the Green Party. And I think that the the current candidates feel a lot more green. Oh, okay. I should As just green say... Party. I should add that, I mean, green party. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see when, when Tatton first said, Caroline Lucas doesn't feel very green, the eyebrows on me and Diane went in all different directions. But <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't... I wasn't... I, I felt the need to justify that because I wasn't getting the warmest of receptions back from, uh, from my colleagues. <laughs> My so called colleagues. We we support you in every way. That is our time up for that one. Uh, But brilliant question. Thank you, Anwen. Natalie asks What are the best ways to encourage politicians to do better, to make changes? Voting, of course, but what else? Who wants that one? Tatin wants that one. For sure. I do want that one. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that we just need to, we all need to do politics better, don't we? Um, did I tell you I've written a book about that? Um, Have you? It's called Politics Were Better. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. And in fact, in the, in the Christmas quiz that we did, uh, neither Diane nor Charlotte could say the correct title of my book. So that was... Uh, <laughs> what is the full a, title a of your book, Tatton? Hey, you're uh, looking, you're actually looking, looking at, at your it. book to find your own it. title. Oh, that's easy. The full title of my book is an easy thing to say because it's uh, Politics But Better, an A to Z guide to creating a more hopeful future. Even you had um, to cheat. I didn't cheat. We can um, see you. The listener can't. Listener, I didn't cheat. Um, we need to, the way, the way that we encourage politicians to do better is to, obviously, you're absolutely right, Natalie, we vote for the people who do better. But, it comes down to us being better. Mm. It comes down to being living our values and demanding that other people live those values too as much as possible. There's no, you know, I mean, we've had, we've seemed to have had unending sex scandals and we've got this, you know, we've got people saying horrific things 
at the moment, there are always going to be bad people mm. in you know involved in politics because power attracts people who don't necessarily share our values. And nasty, I'm sure they don't share your values, but we just need to be the best people we can be and encourage people like that. You know what's a funny one? I often think like. We call out politicians a lot, don't we? I mean, people do that on Twitter and on whatever, you know, really keen. And rightly so, you know, when people aren't acting in accordance with how we want them to, or they've made bad decisions or their judgment is off. We always call that out. You don't see a lot of people saying, do you know what? That was a really good thing that they did or... Mm. You know, mm. we don't see a lot of that, do we? And maybe we need, no. maybe, I don't know, it's difficult, but maybe some more of that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, that's, yeah. It's a class and technique. You, 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 you manage class and behavior through praise, not through discipline. Yeah. Because if you're just telling people off all the time, you're sunk. Mm. So we need to do teacher training and praise people more? Mm. Yeah, okay. I don't, do think, I don't think everyone needs teacher training necessarily. I mean, I think, you know, teacher training is a useful qualification in communication, but I think to give everybody, give 65 million people initial teacher training would be an okay. arduous yes. task. Sorry. But behaviour <laughs> management training is what I should have mm. said. Right. We have two questions asked in very different ways. I'm going to ask both of them at the same time. So Chris asked, will any other party actually bring change because they'll be fighting the same issues as the Tories? Different party, same problems. Is this just how politics is now? And Nathan asks, how will Labour be different if they win the next election? I mean, these are two excellent questions. Um, Like, whatever we say in the next 90 seconds, we don't know the answer. I think that junior doctors, if they believe that they are holding on until the Labour government comes in, Labour will pour money in. They are going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, Wes Streeting's already saying he's not, he wants to, to change the system, not, not just pour money in. So we aren't going to see suddenly lots and lots of spending. We're going to see, they're going to talk all the way through up to the election about their economic prudence. I haven't seen much. I mean, the things that made them different to Conservatives were things like £28 billion they were going to invest the things that made them difference were lifting the two cap, two child cap on benefits. The things that made them difference were ending the banker's bonus. The things that made made difference was really going in hard on private schools. All of these policies have been scrapped. So all the things that made it clear who the Labour Party are are now in the bin. So I don't know what they would do differently to Conservatives, particularly. Because all we get at the moment is rhetoric um, from from Labour. Um, they have to commit to things before the election with their manifesto. And maybe there'll be some clear blue water between them at that stage. They will. The issues will be the same. The economy's struggling. Mm-hmm. The NHS is crumbling. We've got wars in the Middle East. We've got wars in Europe. The issues will still be there. And maybe they're really hard to deal with. And maybe Labour aren't going to have a magic wand and be able to go, da-da, fixed. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it is really tricky. But if a different government gets in, they should, you should 
see some difference come through because they'll think differently. Their ideology will be different to conservatives. That, yeah. you know, seeing problems, yes, but very different solutions or different solutions or some of the same solutions as we're talking. <laughs> but, you know, there should be things that, that spit them apart. They're very different base Labour and the Conservative Party. But like Tatton says, we, we just don't know yet. I think just finally on this question, I think that the, the, that point you raised, Dan, is really important, is the way you're coming from. And it might be that they come to the same conclusion, but they're coming at it from different directions. And so with those different directions, you know, like Labour don't have the right wing that the Conservative Party has dragging them to the right. So Rwanda... Mm is a policy that will look very different how we deal with small boats. Although the only the only things of difference about the way we deal with small boats is going to be the Rwanda policy because the government are doing loads of stuff that aren't the Rwanda policy, but that doesn't get in the news. And Labour's party, Labour, the Labour Party policy on small boats is basically to do everything the government is currently doing, except for Rwanda. So what happens is they fight like frogs. Do frogs fight? Um, over Rwanda... And nobody really talks about all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah. Change is possible. Don't give up hope is what I think we should say to those people. The final question is from Mary, who is a Patreon backer. Oh, um, Mary. Yeah. We like our Patreon backers and you can join them for as little as £3 a month. So Mary asks, how damaging is the suspension of Labour candidates this week? That leads us on to Starmer Watch. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> oh, we're doing a whole section on Mary's question. Yes. Yeah. That's I mean, what that's you what get. happens when you're a Patreon member. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash simple politics. So. We, um, we just dance to your tune. That's what happens. <laughs> if you give us money, like a little bit of money, then we'll do whatever you want. Um, it's, it turns out. <laughs> Let's put a disclaimer on so, that quickly. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, no, yeah. it's out there. It's out, that's contractually binding now. I've said it on, on a podcast. We have to do whatever, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, this is the oh. part of the podcast where we take a more in-depth look at something going on this week. And this week it's uh, Keir Starmer and the Labour Party. Because as Mary has said... There have been a couple of suspensions of Labour candidates this week. So, Tatton, what's going on? The absolute state of this, right? We've got two by-elections, and we're recording this on Thursday, and they're, mm -hmm. they're happening today, the by-elections. But that's not where the focus has been. The focus has been in Rochdale, near Manchester. In Greater and Manchester. Sorry, just if anyone yeah, from Rochdale is listening, and you say near, they might be upset. I mean, it is near Manchester, but isn't it? But that's the funny because people in Salford are like, we're not, we're nothing to do with Manchester. Like, anyway, Rochdale's <laughs> within within the Manchester borders. It's uh, their mayor is still Andy Burnham, I think. So that's what that, that that's that. Um, yeah. So Azara Ali was the candidate to run in the by election on the 29th of February. It turns out he said some horrific things. And Keir Starmer is making a big thing about how he's changed the party. And so what he did was when he heard these comments, he immediately backed the candidate and supported him and said, it's all fine. He said, sorry. 
and really like it was like oh it's it, it, the mail on sunday had the story and and they asked Keir Starmer for a comment on saturday and he said oh it made him apologize and everything was fine and then it was it wasn't for a few days where until apparently there was more stuff that, that, that he said that was found and they backtracked and said oh no he, he's not our candidate but what makes it really messy is that everything's the list's all closed so he's on the paper, he's on the ballot sheet, as are Ali, Labour Party, nice big rose next to his name. So they can't field another candidate. So they're all just going to stop, stop campaigning and stop. But people are still campaigning with him until the minute he was actually fired. So it's just, it's this, like, it's nonsense and it's not, the sign that Keir Starmer has changed the Labour Party. If you can say those things as an MP, as a as a as someone who was fighting for a safe seat, who was almost certain to get in and not be fired immediately, he ain't changed the Labour Party. And now, the second, the the most likely person to win the seat now is um, George Galloway. We might well, I mean, according to the bookmakers, he is, he's now heavy favourite to win. Reform candidates doing well in the, in, the, in the seat polling because it's not a seat where Conservative Party's ever done anything. Mm. And now the Labour Party, I mean, the turnout is likely to be low. Lots of people who would have voted for Ali are just going to stay at home. Mm. It's, I mean, there's another guy called Graham Jones who's also been, been removed because he was at the same meeting. I mean, I don't know what happened at this meeting, but clearly when someone says something, kind of, e- it's easier to be the next person saying extreme things, I think, if you're in the same meeting. You kind of go, go off and someone recorded it and now, and now, now he's gone too. We don't really care about Graham Jones as much because he's going to be replaced on the list. He's just, someone else is going to be there. Mm. But as are Ali, and it's totally disrupted the, the by-election storming of Labour Party as they gain momentum against the Conservatives. So it's, it's a real mess. Mm. And we have to wait till the 29th and see see what happens. Yeah, there are, but I mean, the by elections today, Wellingford and Kingswood, Labour really need to win both now to keep the momentum going, to keep to keep the the whole thing, mm. the wheels on the bus. And just to get a just to to change the story, right? Because the story's been all about this stuff, and Keir Stormer needs to really change the direction and he can do that with a win with a double win if if that's what happens yeah and it's it was looking good for them in these two Kingswood and Wellenborough so we shall see results out very early tomorrow morning we shall see we never re- mm. you never really know with, no. with, with by elections they're not they're not they're not a reflection. They will t- tomorrow or this morning, if you listen to some Friday, mm. there will be lots of people talking about these elections as if they're a national poll on the popularity of the parties, and they're just not. They're not that at all. So we'll see. Yeah. So all going down with Labour this week, but what will happen next week? It's time for our crystal ball. Tatten, 
Uh, well, Parliament's back. We love a bit of Parliament um, at SP. Well, I, I, while the Commons was was away, I've been watching the Lords debate the Rwanda bill, oh. and oh gosh, they're not big fans of it. And next week we got the SNP who are choose who are going to have a debate about Gaza, and they're going to force a motion on a ceasefire on Wednesday, and they're going to force MPs to not back it to not back a ceasefire and they're going to force them to abstain, which is also not backing a ceasefire. And it's going to, it's going to be really messy for the MPs that believe that we need to, that, Ham, that Israel has the right to defend itself in, 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 no one thinks, I mean, everyone, all the MPs agree that Israel are doing things completely outrageously but some MPs say they still need to remove Hamas before there can be a ceasefire, right? Everyone, that's, that's where the division line is. Everyone wants a ceasefire. Everyone wants a two-state solution. Everyone wants to move to that. But MPs will be forced to vote against an immediate ceasefire. And that's going to be tricky for those MPs is it, who do that. Will it be a free vote, Tatton, or will it be a party lines kind of vote? I would imagine that they will be asked to abstain. Okay. I would imagine that because we, you know, the people who just care really deeply about the people of Gaza, Mm -hmm. then there's a lot of them. And, you know, of course we, we care about the people of Gaza. Some people who are care about Gaza a lot can be quite aggressive in their campaigning. And we just had people turn up outside Tobias Elwood's house when he was in doing a big protest. Those MPs could be a target of aggressive campaigning against them if they vote against an immediate ceasefire. So I I think everyone will be asked to abstain. Mm. And the SNP will all march through the I lobby calling for an immediate ceasefire mm-hmm. and everyone else won't. I guess, I think, I might assume that's what will happen. I don't know. I assume there might be some independents and potentially some other people that join them in the I lobby. And some people might be willing to do it anyway. You know, we know that, like, Jess Phillips took a stand the last time there was a vote, right? So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Yes. I mean, it will be an interesting one. I, th- uh, I wonder if anyone will walk through the no lobby. Mm. Mm. If there are some people who are just, you know, we, it's not who say it's not the right thing to do right now. Mm. I'd be interested. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be a passionate debate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. And Diane, what's in your crystal ball? Well, it's not all on there yet, but I had a sneaky peek at the parliamentary calendar, and Friday is always a really fun day when it's private members' bills. I say fun, you know fun for politics it's just it's um so these it's just just fun i mean (laughs) there's no fun fun for politics it's an amazing day i love it it's an amazing day so this is where mps who've been selected in a ballot get to put forward um a bill that they're really passionate about and there's some really good ones on the list there's one we posted about a while ago about um pet abduction and that's back on there for its second reading on friday so there's some i I'm going to have a good squiz through the list and see if there's any other quirky ones we can tell you about next week. Fab. We like a bit of 
fun light relief at the end of the week. Uh, but yes, we'll bring you updates on those things next week, I'm sure. But that's all the time we have for now. So thank you very much, Tatlin and Diane. Thanks, Thank Charlotte. you very much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye. just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.